0: section four of daisy miller by henry james this librivox recording is in the public domain part two winterborne who had returned to geneva the day after his excursion to Chillon, went to rome toward the end of january his aunt had been established there for several weeks and he had received a couple of letters from her
1: those people you were so devoted to last summer at Vevey have turned up here courier and all she wrote they seem to have made several acquaintances but the courier continues to be the most intime the young lady however is also very intimate with some third-rate italians with whom she rackets about in a way that makes much talk bring me that pretty novel of Cherboulier's, paul mere and don't come later than the twenty third
0: in the natural course of events winter on arriving in rome would presently have ascertained mrs miller's address at the american banker's and have gone to pay his compliments to miss daisy
2: after what happened at vevey i think i may certainly call
0: upon them he said to miss costello
1: if after what happens at vevey and everywhere you desire to keep up the acquaintance you are very welcome of course a man may know every one men are welcome to the privilege
0: pray what
2: is it that happens here for instance
0: winterborne demanded
1: the girl goes about alone with her foreigners as to what happens further you must apply elsewhere for information she has picked up half a dozen of the regular roman fortune-hunters and she takes them about to people's houses when she comes to a party she brings with her a gentleman with a good deal of banner and a wonderful moustache
2: and where is the mother
1: i haven't the least idea they are very dreadful people
0: Winterbourne meditated a moment
1: they are very
2: ignorant very innocent only depend upon it they are not bad
1: they are hopelessly vulgar
0: said mrs
2: costello
1: whether or not being hopelessly vulgar is being bad is a question for the metaphysicians they are bad enough to dislike at any rate and for this short life that is quite enough
0: the news that daisy miller was surrounded by half a dozen wonderful moustaches checked winterborne's impulse to go straightway to see her he had perhaps not definitely flattered himself that he had made an ineffaceable impression upon her heart but he was annoyed at hearing of a state of affairs so little in harmony with an image that had lately flitted in and out of his own meditations the image of a pretty young girl looking out of an old roman window and asking herself urgently when mr Winterborne would arrive if however he determined to wait a little before reminding miss miller of his claims to her consideration he went very soon to call upon two or three other friends one of these friends was an american lady who had spent several winters at geneva where she had placed her children at school she was a very accomplished woman and she lived in the via gregoriana winterborne found her in a little crimson drawing-room on a third floor the room was filled with southern sunshine. He had not been there ten minutes when the servant came in, announcing—
3: Madame Miller.'
0: This announcement was presently followed by the entrance of little Randolph Miller, who stopped in the middle of the room and stood staring at Winterbourne. An instant later his pretty sister crossed the threshold, and then, after a considerable interval, Mrs. Miller slowly advanced. "'I know you.' said randolph i am sure you know a great many things exclaimed winterbourne taking him by the hand how is your education coming on daisy was exchanging greetings very prettily with her hostess but when she heard winterbourne's voice she quickly turned her head
3: well i declare
0: she said i told you i should come you know winterbourne rejoined smiling
3: well i didn't believe it
2: said miss daisy i am much obliged to you laughed the young
0: man
3: "'You might have come to see me,'
0: said Daisy. "'I only arrived yesterday.'
3: "'I don't believe that,'
0: the young girl declared. Winterbourne turned with a protesting smile to her mother, but this lady evaded his glance and, seating herself, fixed her eyes upon her son.
4: "'We've got a bigger place than this,'
0: said Randolph.
4: "'It's all gold on the walls.'
0: Mrs. Miller turned uneasily in her chair.
4: "'I told you if I were to bring you, you would say something,'
0: she murmured.
4: I told you,
0: Randolph exclaimed.
4: I tell you, sir,
0: he added jocosely, giving Winterbourne a thump on the knee.
4: It is bigger, too.
0: Daisy had entered upon a lively conversation with her hostess. Winterbourne judged it becoming to address a few words to her mother. I hope you have been well since we parted at vevey the he said. Mrs. Millard now certainly looked at him, at his chin.
4: Not very well, sir, she answered she's got the dyspepsia
0: said randolph
4: i've got it too father's got it i've got it most
0: the announcement instead of embarrassing mrs miller seemed to relieve her
4: i suffer from the liver she said i think it's this climate it's less bracing than schenectady especially in the winter season i don't know whether you know we reside at schenectady I was saying to Daisy that I certainly hadn't found anyone like Dr. Davies, and I don't believe I should. Oh, at Schenectady he stands first. They think everything of him. He has so much to do, and yet there was nothing he wouldn't do for me. He said he never saw anything like my dyspepsia, but he was bound to cure it. I'm sure there was nothing he wouldn't try. He was just going to try something new when we came off.' mr miller wanted daisy to see europe for herself but i wrote to mr miller that it seemed as if i couldn't get on without dr davies at schenectady he stands at the very top and there's a great deal of sickness there too it affects my sleep
0: winterbourne had a good deal of pathological gossip with dr Davis's patients during which daisy chattered unremittingly to her own companion the young man asked mrs miller how she was pleased with rome
4: well, I must say I am disappointed, she answered. We had heard so much about it. I suppose we had heard too much, but we couldn't help that. We had been led to expect something different.
2: Ah, uh, wait a little, and you will become very fond of it, said Winterbourne.
4: I hate it worse and worse every day,
0: cried Randolph. You are like the infant Hannibal, said Winterbourne.
4: No, I ain't,
0: Rudolph declared at a venture.
4: "'You are not much like an infant,'
0: said his mother.
4: "'But we have seen places,'
0: she resumed,
4: "'that I should put a long way before Rome.'
0: "'And in reply to Winterbourne's interrogation?'
4: "'There's Zurich,'
0: she concluded.
4: "'I think Zurich is lovely, and we hadn't heard half so much about it.' "'The best place we've seen is the city of Richmond,'
0: said Randolph.
4: "'He means the ship,'
0: his mother explained.
4: "'We crossed in that ship.' randolph had a good time on the city of richmond it's the best place i've seen
0: the child repeated
4: only it was turned the wrong way well we've got to turn the right way sometime,"
0: said mrs miller with a little laugh winterbourne expressed the hope that her daughter at least found some gratification in rome and she declared that daisy was quite carried away
4: it's on account of the society the society's splendid she goes round everywhere she has made a great number of acquaintances of course she goes round more than i do i must say they have been very sociable they have taken her right in and then she knows a great many gentlemen she thinks there's nothing like rome of course it is a great deal pleasanter for a young lady if she knows plenty of gentlemen
0: by this time daisy had turned her attention again to winterbourne
3: i've been telling mrs walker how mean you were
0: the young girl announced
2: and what is the evidence
0: you have offered asked winterbourne rather annoyed at miss miller's want of appreciation of the zeal of an admirer who on his way down to rome had stopped neither at bologna nor at florence simply because of a certain sentimental impatience he remembered that a cynical compatriot had once told him that american women the pretty ones and this gave a largeness to the axiom were at once the most exacting in the world and the least endowed with a sense of indebtedness.
3: Why you were awfully mean at the day,"
0: said Daisy.
3: "You wouldn't do anything. You wouldn't stay there when I asked you."
0: "My dearest
2: young lady," cried Winterbourne with eloquence. "Have I come all the way to Rome to encounter
0: your reproaches?"
3: "Just hear him say that,"
0: said Daisy to her hostess, giving a twist to a bow on this lady's dress.
3: Did you ever hear anything so quaint? So quaint, my dear,
0: murmured Mrs. Walker in the tone of a partisan of Winterbourne.
3: Well, I don't know,
0: said Daisy, fingering Mrs. Walker's ribbons.
3: Mrs. Walker, I want to tell you something. Mother!
0: Interposed Randolph, with his rough ends to his words.
4: I tell you, you've got to go. Eugenio raised
0: something.
3: I'm not afraid of Eugenio,
0: said Daisy, with a toss of her head
3: look here mrs walker
0: she went on
3: you know i'm coming to your party i am delighted to hear it i've got a lovely dress i'm very sure of that but i want to ask a favour permission to bring a friend
1: i shall be happy to see any of your friends
0: said mrs walker turning with a smile to mrs miller
4: oh they are not my friends
0: answered daisy's mamma smiling shyly in her own fashion
3: i never spoke to them it's an intimate friend of mine mr giovanelli
0: said daisy without a tremor in her clear little voice or a shadow on her brilliant little face mrs walker was silent a moment she gave a rapid glance at Winterbourne.
3: i shall be glad to see mr giovanelli
0: she then said
3: he's an italian
0: daisy pursued with the prettiest serenity
3: he's a great friend of mine he's the handsomest man in the world except mr winterbourne he knows plenty of italians but he wants to know some americans he thinks ever so much of americans he's tremendously clever he's perfectly lovely
0: it was settled that this brilliant personage should be brought to mrs walker's party and then mrs miller prepared to take her leave
3: i guess we'll go back to the hotel she said you may go back to the hotel mother but i'm going to take a walk said daisy She's going to walk with Mr. Giovanelli,
0: Randolph proclaimed.
3: I am going to Pincio,
0: said Daisy, smiling.
3: Alone, my dear, at this hour?
0: Mrs. Walker asked. The afternoon was drawing to a close. It was the hour for the throng of carriages and of contemplative pedestrians. I don't think it's
4: safe, my dear,
0: said Mrs. Walker.
4: Neither do I,
0: subjoined Mrs. Miller
4: you'll get the fever as sure as you live remember what dr davis told you give her some medicine before she goes
0: said randolph the company had risen to its feet daisy still showing her pretty teeth bent over and kissed her hostess
3: mrs walker you are too perfect she said i'm not going alone i'm going to meet a friend your friend won't keep you from getting the fever
0: mrs miller observed "'Is it Mr. Giovanelli?' asked the hostess. Winterbourne was watching the young girl. At this question his attention quickened. She stood there, smiling and smoothing her bonnet ribbons. She glanced at Winterbourne. Then, while she glanced and smiled, she answered, without a shade of hesitation,
3: "'Mr. Giovanelli, the beautiful Giovanelli.' "'My dear young
0: friend,' said Mrs. Walker, taking her hand pleadingly,
1: don't
3: walk off to the pincio at this hour to meet a beautiful italian
4: well he speaks english
0: said mrs miller
3: gracious me
0: daisy exclaimed
3: i don't to do anything improper there's an easy way to settle it
0: she continued to glance at winterbourne
3: the pincio is only a hundred yards distant and if mr winterbourne were as polite as he pretends he would offer to walk with me
0: winterbourne's politeness hastened to affirm itself and the young girl gave him gracious leave to accompany her they passed downstairs before her mother and at the door winterbourne perceived mrs miller's carriage drawn up with the ornamental courier whose acquaintance he had made at vevey seated within
3: good-bye eugenio
0: cried daisy
3: i'm going to take a walk
0: the distance from the via gregoriana to the beautiful garden at the other end of the Pincian hill is in fact rapidly traversed as the day was splendid however and the concourse of vehicles walkers and loungers numerous the young americans found their progress much delayed this fact was highly agreeable to winterborne in spite of his consciousness of his singular situation The slow-moving, idly-gazing Roman crowd bestowed much attention upon the extremely pretty young foreign lady who was passing through it upon his arm, and he wondered what on earth had been in Daisy's mind when she proposed to expose herself unattended to its appreciation. His own mission, to her sense, apparently, was to consign her to the hands of Mr. Giovanelli, but Winterbourne, at once annoyed and gratified, "'resolved that he would do no such thing.'
3: "'Why haven't you been to see me?' asked Daisy. "'You can't get out of that.'
2: "'I have had the honour of telling you that I only just stepped out of the train.'
3: "'He must have stayed in the train a good while after it stopped,'
2: cried the young girl with her little laugh.
3: "'I suppose you were asleep. You have had time to go to see Mrs. Walker.'
2: "'I knew Mrs. Walker,' Winterbourne began
0: to explain.
3: "'I know where you knew her. You knew her at Geneva.' She told me so. Well, you knew me at the V. That's just as good. So you ought to have come.
0: She asked him no other question than this. She began to prattle about her own affairs.
3: We've got splendid rooms at the hotel. Eugenio says they're the best rooms in Rome. We are going to stay all winter, if we don't die of the fever. And I guess we'll stay then. It's a great deal nicer than I thought. I thought it would be fearfully quiet. I was sure it would be awfully poky. I was sure we should be going round all the time with one of those dreadful old men that explain about the pictures and things. But we only had about a week of that, and now I'm enjoying myself. I know ever so many people, and they are all so charming. The society's extremely select. There are all kinds. English and Germans and Italians. I think I like the English best. I like their style of conversation. But there are some lovely Americans i never saw anything so hospitable there's something or other every day there's not much dancing but i must say i never thought dancing was everything i was always fond of conversation i guess i shall have plenty at mrs walker's her rooms are so small
0: when they had passed the gate of the pincian gardens miss miller began to wonder where mr giovanelli might be
3: we had better go straight to that place in front she said where you look at the view
2: i shall certainly not help you to find him winterbourne declared
3: then i shall find him without you
0: cried miss daisy you certainly won't leave me cried Winterborne. she burst into her little laugh
3: are you afraid you'll get lost or run over but there's giovanelli leaning against that tree he's staring at the women in the carriages did you ever see anything so cool
0: winterbourne perceived at some distance a little man standing with folded arms nursing his cane he had a handsome face an artfully poised hat a glass in one eye and a nosegay in his buttonhole winterbourne looked at him a moment and then said do you mean to speak to that man
3: do i mean to speak to him why you don't suppose i mean to communicate by signs
2: pray understand
0: then said winterbourne that I intend to remain with you. Daisy stopped and looked at him, without a sign of troubled consciousness in her face, with nothing but the presence of her charming eyes and her happy dimples. Well, she's a cool one, thought the young man.
3: I don't like the way you say that, said Daisy. It's too imperious.
2: I beg your pardon if I say it wrong. The
0: main point is to give you an idea of my meaning. The young girl looked at him more gravely but with eyes that were prettier than ever.
3: I have never allowed a gentleman to dictate to me, or to interfere with anything I do.
0: I think
2: you have made a mistake, said Winterbourne. You should sometimes listen to a gentleman,
0: the right one. Daisy began to laugh again.
3: I do nothing but listen to gentlemen,
0: she exclaimed.
3: Tell me if Mr. Giovanelli is the right one
0: the gentleman with the nosegay in his bosom had now perceived our two friends and was approaching the young girl with obsequious rapidity he bowed to winterborne as well as to the latter's companion he had a brilliant smile an intelligent eye winterborne thought him not a bad-looking fellow but he nevertheless said to daisy no he's not the right one daisy evidently had a natural talent for performing introductions she mentioned the name of each of her companions to the other. She strolled alone with one of them on each side of her. Mr. Giovanelli, who spoke English very cleverly, Winterbourne afterward learned that he had practised the idiom upon a great many American heiresses, addressed her a great deal of very polite nonsense. He was extremely urbane, and the young American, who said nothing, reflected upon that profundity of Italian cleverness which enables people to appear more gracious in proportion as they are more acutely disappointed. Giovanelli, of course, had counted upon something more intimate. He had not bargained for a party of three. But he kept his temper in a manner which suggested far-stretching intentions. Winterbourne flattered himself that he had taken his measure. "'He is not a gentleman,' said the young American.
2: He is only a clever imitation of one he is a music-master or a -a penny-a-liner or a third-rate artist
0: damn his good looks mr giovanelli had certainly a very pretty face but winterbourne felt a superior indignation at his own lovely fellow countrywoman's not knowing the difference between a spurious gentleman and a real one giovanelli chattered and jested and made himself wonderfully agreeable it was true that if he was an imitation the imitation was brilliant nevertheless Winterbourne said to himself a nice girl ought to know and then he came back to the question whether this was in fact a nice girl would a nice girl even allowing for her being a little american flirt make a rendezvous with a presumably low-lived foreigner the rendezvous in this case indeed had been in broad daylight and in the most crowded corner of Rome, but was it not impossible to regard the choice of these circumstances as a proof of extreme cynicism? Singular, though it may seem, Winterbourne was vexed that the young girl, in joining her amoroso, should not appear more impatient of his own company, and he was vexed because of his inclination it was impossible to regard her as a perfectly well-conducted young lady she was wanting in a certain indispensable delicacy it would therefore simplify matters greatly to be able to treat her as the object of one of those sentiments which are called by romancers lawless passions that she should seem to wish to get rid of him would help him to think more lightly of her and to be able to think more lightly of her would make her much less perplexing but, Daisy, on this occasion, continued to present herself as an inscrutable combination of audacity and innocence. End of section Four.